for a new Ford. Make it Bill Curry, Tampa Bay's first family of Ford for over 60 years. At Bill Curry, our prices are better than good. They're the best. Located on Dale Mabry, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Playoff edition of the Scuttlebucks. Yes, sir. Uh, sign me up. Welcome in. Since we've done the Scuttlebucks, Tom and myself have not had the opportunity to say anything close to that. But we do now. And uh, I, for one, am, am, am giddy about the prospects of Saturday night's game. Here we sit as we record this edition of the Scuttlebucks on a Thursday. I hope you were well. Happy New Year again and all that. Did I say it? Yeah, what, what's today's date? Tom? I think you were wishing a Happy New yeah. Year last week. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know from day to day. How can I know about last week? Yes, so the Bucks heavily favored, have some questions. Lita Kemper will join us, JoeBucksFan.com, in the second segment of the Scuttlebucks because we do want to know uh, where we sit on Carlton Davis playing in this football game, Mike Evans playing in this football game. So bear with us as we try to get our bearings because at the time that you digest this podcast, you may already know the answers to that. We do know this. Mike Evans practiced today. We do know that Mike Evans looked good on film running today. So if I had to guess as we start today's Scuttlebucks, I would say that Mike Evans plays and that Carlton Davis doesn't. That is my guess as to how this scenario plays out, that Evans plays, Davis doesn't. That would be my hope. Um, I would. I mean, if you're just looking at the matchup and what you need to do to succeed on offense and what you need to do to succeed on defense, I think that would be the right way to work it. Um, you know, playoffs is also a time where you look at weather reports, and I'm happy to report much ado about nothing. It's cold, but, you know, it's January in, in the United States, so that's going to happen in most places. It's 36 degrees at kickoff. The winds are not topping out more than uh, 7, 8 miles an hour, so that's not going to affect throws, and there's no precipitation to be seen in Landover, Maryland on Saturday. So that's also really important. Used to be a really big deal for Bucks fans before we beat the Eagles and the Vet back in 2 uh, but just when you're talking about Tom Brady's relative arm strength and the way the game is going to go, is it going to be a murky mess, a turnover fest where you've got to put two hands on the ball at all times? It doesn't seem like it's going to be that way on Saturday night. Oh, well, and also any kind of a slop fest, low-scoring game would favor Washington given that their defense prowess is absolutely what they're riding into this game. In fact, uh, if you think about these two teams, I went back and looked at Washington's schedule because admittedly for a big part of this season, a bulk of the season, other than the great stories that are Alex Smith and Ron Rivera, I um, I really didn't care about Washington because they were not going to be a team of significance in my mind. And obviously the only time we really thought about them was when you were watching the train wreck that was Dwayne Haskins imploding and seeing his career 
you know, dissolve right before our eyes. The other time you paid attention to him was when, obviously, uh, Alex Smith returned to the field of play for the first time since a devastating knee injury and one that we all recoiled from uh, upon watching the replay. So you root, you root for those kind of guys to, to do well. Anybody that comes back from an injury like that, my goodness. So those were really the stories surrounding Washington. It wasn't about their team. If you were looking at their team, you were excited to watch their defense. I've talked about it a lot. Um, obviously, when, when you got a player as dynamic as Young, but Monte, you know, Sweat is, Montez Sweat is really, really good player too. They've, they've got they've got Bostick's a good player. They've got good defensive personnel. But anyhow, I went back and looked at Washington's schedule, and then I look at the Bucks' schedule, and I tried to find – like opponents, and I did. Not hard to do. Everybody can do that research. Rams, Giants, Lions, Panthers. Those are the same teams we've all played. Bucks went four and one against those teams. Washington, that's a bagel, my friend. Zero and five. Didn't win a single one of those games. Tampa Bay plus seventy seven uh, point differential in those games. Washington minus thirty four. You're just looking to glean information. You want to see who you've played, what you did against like foes. So I've done this a lot with the Joe Bolts fan podcast over the years where you start to get nervous at a certain period of time. If you're talking about the capability of winning it all, in hockey, I feel like, especially with the way the Lightning's floor is so high and the expectations are so high, you got to get to the conference finals before there's really there's that feeling in the air that you could, you could really do some damage here. You could win the whole thing, and they finally did. Uh, for the NFL, though, it's just get in. It's get in the playoffs. Get in the playoffs and, and try to have a record over 500, unlike Washington. And you have a real chance to win the whole thing. And, and the Bucks, the way the offense has been the last few weeks, certainly has. But if you're looking at the matchup and certain places to be afraid, of course we all start where you did, which is Washington's defensive front against Tom Brady. Yeah. But then also, this is why Mike Evans is important. Because if you need to pay extra attention to Chase Young and Montez Sweat, what do you need? Well, you need extra personnel to pay attention to them. That would be Rob Gronkowski. Rob is is still an exceptional blocker at his age, and he can help out Donovan Smith at left tackle. And if he needs to help Tristan Wirfs, he can. But we think he's probably going to spend more time (laughs) on the left side than the right. So what does that mean? Putting Mike Evans in the game would force the defense to account for another bona fide weapon. And when you have to put Rob Gronkowski in, in a different place, performing a different function... Any other weapon on the perimeter you can have creates the matchups that Brady needs, especially when you're looking to get the ball out quickly. The better players you have on the field, spread them out wide, the easier it is for the quarterback to read things pre-snap. And if you've noticed, and this is something you've been hammering for a while now, the Bucs run play action more. Also, when it comes to pre-snap motion, they did it a hell of a lot more after the bye week. Expect that to continue. Everything after the bye week helped fuel the enthusiasm we feel heading into this game. And it's not just the lopsided affairs against outmatched teams. It's the decision-making of offensive personnel and coaches. It's the ability to throw the ball 63% of the time on first down and get with the program, allowing your Hall of Fame quarterback to play on an equal set of uh, grounds here against the defense that has to play you honest in that situation as opposed to running into the butt of a right guard time and again on first down and setting up second and long. And then also, like you correctly noted there, much more in the way of motion. They really did everything right after the bye. And it's uh, offensively. Uh, Defensively, we're both uh, a little leery about this team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl defense, to say the least. Uh, I think they had a chance to be back when Vita was on the field because of what that opened up for everybody else. Uh, but but that's not the reality now. They're going to need this offense to carry the day most weeks. 
except for maybe this one, because frankly, this is a beat-up, beleaguered offense. Alex Smith is not what he was. In fact, Ron Rivera said this week, there's a real good chance we're going to play both quarterbacks. We don't, you know, Alex is not completely healthy. We may have to play both guys. Yeah, it's almost as though they were playing for the division. And really, then, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. roll the dice after that and come what may. Well, it's a singular football game with a great defense. You get a strip sack. Maybe you get a pick six. You got a right. chance to win the game. Other than that, you know, you're just taking what you could get. There's real pride coming uh, from where they did. They're plus four this year from last. They won the division. You can take pride in that, but they are a long ways away from being where they need to be. If they were healthy, they would pose enough of a threat, especially with Devin White not in the game, that you would say it's great that you have Shaq Barrett back. And, and if you look at total pressures this year, way, the way he's affected the quarterback, it's a little bit of an outlier that he didn't have more sacks to show for the amount of pressures that he generated. I think mm-hmm. he was second in the NFL in quarterback pressures. But if they were healthy, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield, that would have been a nightmare. Logan Thomas already is because the Bucks don't cover the tight ends all that well, and so that would be a place that I would circle no matter what. If McLaurin was healthy, right, you'd have enough of an offensive uh, skill set yeah. to at least spread the Bucks thin a little bit, considering that it's looked awfully easy in stretches for the last month for offenses to operate against the Bucks. Well, and a mean, lot of that's been by choice for Tampa Bay. They have just laid back with this sense of, we'll give you everything you want underneath, and we're going to stop you in the red zone. Even still, though, and this is where we talked about this on Monday up here on the show, but I was actually quite thankful that Dirk Cutter rolled out all the tricks that he did in yeah. Week 17. Yeah, because the Falcons yeah. got into a good rhythm, and, and Matt Ryan made a lot of places. It followed the same format of the last game in that the Falcons' offense, got early a good on, start, yeah. early second half, they looked okay. And then towards the end, you finally started to take those sacks. Matt Ryan did. Um, but all the wrinkles they showed for underneath screens and weird angles they generated, and the leverages. And that's what Washington likes to do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all underneath. But they have to do, frankly. It's what they need. Yes, and Alex Smith is all too happy to cut it loose right after the snap. Essentially, he catches it, distributes it. So all these things that Dirk presented for the Bucks on film, I think, was a great tune-up for this game. So kudos to Atlanta for that. But it has looked awfully easy for opposing offenses for stretches. Uh, I'm going to discount the Lions game because Stafford got hurt so early. But Cousins and the Vikings went up and down the first field. First half, yeah. And then the Falcons did in first half of both those games. And in, into the second half, at least in one of the two. We're weird uh, in the first half. We we seem really complacent is, is a good way to describe us on defense. Just sort of, okay, you know, we're going to give you six. We'll give you seven. Here's nine. Here's four. Here's seven more. Here's eight. You're going, somebody going to make a play? Anybody going to make a play? We really bow our necks in the red zone. You see that a lot. They make stops. They're physical. They're aggressive with receivers into the end zone. All of that. They, they, they are borderline a lot. But to circle back, Antonio Gibson's not healthy. He's still battling turf toe. That's so, tragic, Tom. It is. That's unfortunate. I hate to see it. Without Devin White there, you'd say, okay, well, they could isolate somebody. It could be Minter on either Logan Thomas or Gibson, and you've got favorable matchups. But now that Gibson's not 100%. Mm, but at- alas... And Alex has to cut it loose because he's going to get himself killed. Cut it loose, quote-unquote. It, it's Logan Thomas, and that's it. That's yeah, it. no, I like the matchup, and so does Tom. I just worry about their defense. I think you'll hear that you know throughout this show, and I'm going to get Lee's opinion here in a second from JoeBucksFan.com, but I, I feel like, yeah, listen, I, I didn't want to play them because of their defensive front. It's the best defensive front that you're going to face uh, out of the three candidates. Like You either were going to play the Giants or the Cowboys. I would have rather have played either of those two. Uh, but that said, look, the Bucks are favored for a reason. They ought to win the football game. It is hard to find a path for Washington's offense to move the ball consistently. Uh, more Scuttlebucks in a moment. Lita Kemper joins us. Stay tuned.
Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. follow up as obviously that music lets you know Lita Kemper JoeBucksFan.com going to join us in just a moment before he does I want to double down and thank our friends Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway Bill Curry Ford General Manager Sean Sullivan ready to work with you and to work with Scuttlebucks listeners everywhere He'll do it personally in any way that he can. That includes service in their body shop. Start uh, start uh, checking this out if you haven't. If you've been in the mood to, to go look at new trucks and, and all that good stuff, I understand that it doesn't strike your fancy if you're not in need of a vehicle. But if you are, if you've been thinking about it, go check out that magnificent showroom I just alluded to or go to BillCurryFord.com. You can get Sean Sullivan's email there. Ask him anything you want about buying or leasing Ford truck or SUV and more. And he'll write you back, I guarantee it. That's BillCurryFord.com. Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com, joins us now. Hey, Lee, how are you, brother? Hey, all right, Jeff. Thanks a lot. And I know how to get Sean's attention on email immediately. Like, you almost get an immediate response. Not that you won't get a quick response any other time, but if you ask him which defensive end the Bucks should draft next or this coming draft spring, He's got a, an immediate response. He's got an opinion on that, <laughs> does he? All right. All right. I like it. Yeah, anything to do with the Bucks, I know he's hopping in. And then, oh, as an ancillary benefit, you guys can talk about cars afterwards. But, in the, <laughs> but hey, let, let me do this. Let's first acknowledge the occasion at hand. I'm speaking to you about the pending Tampa Bay Buccaneer playoff game, sir. Let's let that marinate for a second, okay? <laughs> Sound like what Howard Stern's just on his guest let me take you in for a moment yeah 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 i mean think about this everybody everybody listening on their podcast however it is you digest this wonderful show that they allow us to do and it's our honor to do it we're all talking about debating celebrating uh speculating about the bucks pending playoff game this weekend how glorious is that in prime time tampa bay in the playoffs in a game they should win. Why don't we start with that? And I think what's weird about that, Lee, is oddly when there are expectations and there are lofty expectations and there were the, there were the second that she signed Tom Brady to go along with everybody else, Gronk, et cetera, and then you, you, you had a home run with the draft pick and Tristan Wirfs, the, the, the expectations have been sky high, and then all of a sudden you're confronted with the reality that you're playing a road playoff game in prime time and you're favored to win it. And I don't know, for some reason, it makes me more nervous with those lofty expectations than it should. Uh, I don't know why I'm not playing in the game. I'm not the one with something at stake. But I love the franchise. I love the team. I'd like to see them move forward here and create a real buzz and a push towards the Super Bowl because I think they have the caliber of team, if healthy, to make a great run in these playoffs, and that's where we'll start. Those expectations, understandable with the way the Bucks have played lately, but Mike Evans has been hurt. Carlton Davis has been hurt. Update, please, on Mike Evans. Well, Mike Evans is practicing today, and, of course, the, the window for media to observe it is generally just warm-ups and stretching, 
once they start doing anything uh, of substance, the media window is shut down. So he's out there, which Arians, uh, the stated goal of Bruce Arians this week was to get Evans on the practice field Thursday. And once he's able to do that, then they could start seriously considering him as an active participant in the game Saturday on the active roster and having him as part of the game plan. Would so, you, would so you play far, first Lee, step, I'm gonna that has been accomplished. I'll get to that in a second here, but Mike Evans, you have every right to be um, uh, on on the edge of your chair, Jeff, with the expectation. Because I, the Bucks and their 13 years playoff drought that has finally ended, I'm convinced they have given fans post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> every time you started within, in that 13-year drought, once there was always a glimmer of hope, it was dashed every time. So if Bucks fans are on the edge, on the edge of their seat, on the edge of their nerves, chewing their fingernails because the Bucks are in the playoffs and scared to even think about, well, they should win this Saturday. Fully understandable. You've been given post-traumatic stress disorder by the losing year after year after year of the Bucks. That's understandable. Back to Mike Evans. On paper, the Bucks shouldn't have any problem with, with uh, Washington. Let's think about this for a moment. Washington, in a game they needed to secure a playoff berth, could not pull away from a team that was allegedly tanking. Let's, let's, let's think about that for a moment. That's number one. Number two, Washington has a totally punchless offense. You know, we always hear about starting fast, starting fast. And I get that. But this week may be the most important time of the Bucks playoffs to start fast. Because when Washington plays from behind, they are, as Charles Barkley would say, a terrible team. They are terrible. When they throw for over 200 yards in a game, they're 1-7 and seven with 20 turnovers. They are terrible at coming from behind. Now, part of that, I'm sure the numbers are skewered a little bit because Dwayne Haskins is an outright horrible quarterback. Well, he's no longer there. But Alex Smith is not the Alex Smith we may conjure up playing for the 49ers and running for a touchdown to help beat the Saints. It may not be the quarterback we conjure up leading the Chiefs to the playoffs year after year after year. Alex Smith, that's an ugly, horrific leg injury, is a stationary quarterback, and he's just an okay thrower of the football. So if the Bucks get 10 points ahead, this should be a slam dunk. The only way I can see the Bucks choking this game away is turnovers. That's the only way. And that's where uh, uh, Washington's re- uh, defensive rush comes into play. If they can get Brady to turn over the ball, then it might be a ball game. Otherwise, there shouldn't be a ball game. And back to Evans, to swing back to Evans, Ira Kaufman, our columnist on JoeBucksFan.com, he's making the argument on various national radio shows that the Bucks should sit Evans for the following game, which... Derek Brooks has nearly had a coronary hearing Ira talk about that. And I don't necessarily disagree with Ira about sitting Mike Evans, but I would actually take it a step further. Carlton Davis is a sore groin. He's going to probably be a game-time decision as he has been the last couple of weeks. The Bucks did a pretty good job shutting down Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan without Carlton Davis, who's a decent cornerback. Not great, but he's decent. It's not good. The Redskins don't have a, a passing attack anywhere near like Matt Ryan does and Calvin Ridley's uh, level of play. 
I would be tempted to stick Carlton Davis because the following week, should the Bucks win, and they should win, they'll be likely facing a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I, I think the argument for Washington, if you wanted to make it, is Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And it begins and ends there. They've combined for 16 and a half sacks. Sweat had nine of them. Young had seven and a half. When they're good in Washington defense, Washington's defense at time has been good. They've allowed just 17 points or fewer in all seven of their wins. It's when they're dictating terms and getting to the passer. And Tom Brady is a drop-back passer. You know where he's going to be. And I think that's the only thing that concerns you. Strip sack, maybe pressure. You know, you get rid of the ball a little early, it's picked off. Something along those lines. Other than that, I'm in wholehearted agreement with you that the Bucks. what would we say the race is to? I always, I always think of this as a, as a sprint. What's the race to in points-wise? Is it 20? First to 20 wins? First to 24 wins? What would you put the race at? I don't see the uh, – barring turnovers, I don't see Washington scoring 20 points. I really don't. Yeah, it's about the turnovers. I think we've kind of got this one pegged. Some games are hard. You know, the other games are a lot easier, and we try to outthink the room. You know, this situation is one in which Washington's also banged up. You've got some guys on offense that could really help them that are really, really not healthy, including their starting quarterback. Um, so you've got a situation where, you know, the most dynamic players on this team, uh, on offense anyhow, are, are kind of banged up. So I agree with you. I just worry that as a drop-back passing team, which Tampa Bay is, and as a team that loves to stretch the field vertically, that, you know, everybody knows where he's going to be. And if uh, if a certain left tackle is having difficulty over there, it wouldn't be uh, unwise of us to, to chip and to, and to provide a little help and maybe begin to get the ball out of his hands, Tom Brady, that is, a little bit quicker. Other than that, I really don't see another aspect uh, unless Washington is able to establish the run uh, and control uh, the football and, and, and possessions, I don't I don't really see a path to victory for Washington other than what we've just laid bare. You hit the nail on the head, the, the tipping point of this game. Again, barring turnovers, but this could be the term. It's Donovan Smith. Yeah, a lot of, I haven't been in the anti-Donovan Smith bandwagon that so many Bucks fans are. I'm not saying he's an all-pro, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's a swinging saloon door either. However, he does have those games where he quite literally is a swinging saloon door. He hasn't had one in a while. So, you know, he's almost due for one. I hate to say that, but he's also due for one. So if he can handle things, I think the Bucks are going to be okay. And you hit the nail on the head, Jeff. And that right there is the key element, I think, to the entire ballgame, is how well does Donovan Smith play. And, yes, I do think they'll have Gronk uh, line up a few times on the left side to help him out. Yes, I do think they'll bring Joe Hague in as a tackle eligible and have him chip block on the left side. But you nailed it. Donovan Smith, if you want to – you know, if you want to bore down to the very core of this game, how well he plays could very well determine the entire game. It's what I do, Lee. I get to the heart of the matter, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hey, mess around. Get right to the foundation. Get right to it. It's whether or not sorry-ass Donovan Smith is not a swinging saloon door. There it is. You can go home, everybody. We've got the keys to the game. All <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Tidied up. <laughs> Be well, my brother. Enjoy the playoff game. We'll talk next time.
All right, man. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com. Yeah, if you go down the list, right? If you're like, okay, guys that I worry about, guys that I expect to be difference makers, guys that I hope play a larger role or a lesser role, when you're doing all of that, you end up starting in your mind, if you're a true fan and if you watch the team a lot, you go, yeah, I'm going to start with Donovan Smith. Yeah, because both of Washington's ends are good, and uh, I trust one tackle. I don't trust the other tackle. We're going to start there. Yeah, you know how in the old days with blogs, um, you could search through a blog and there would be words, and the size of the word would be how often it appears in Mm -hmm. different posts. Mm -hmm. So if if you had that technology for this podcast for the first five, six weeks, WERFs would have appeared a lot. A lot. Because we were all fixated on, is the right tackle the right pick? Was it, did Jason Light do a good job? And then the bubble, his word would have shrunk to like, I mean, you know, like six point font by the end of the season. Yeah. Because that's what it should be with an offensive lineman. When they're really good, you don't really talk about them that often because no. you don't notice them. If you don't notice them, that's because you're noticing Brady having four and five seconds of time to deliver the ball down the field. The hope is that Donovan Smith, who is mentioned prominently in this segment, and he will be throughout this show. All caps, bold type. Is not uh, somebody that we're talking about next week. Because if he is, then it might be a uh, season-in-review edition of the uh, the Scuttlebox. It could be, or it could be, woo, we barely got by that one. No thanks to sorry-ass Donovan Smith. That's how we could be talking about it. So either way, that's a hand-wringing experience. Still, though, about Worfs, rookie jitters in the playoffs. It is a little bit different. So we'll see. Buy it. he went against a monster in his first ever professional football game and stoned him. He did. I don't see it. It's I, internal though. It's not about the it's not about the external force. It's about the internal one, and it's not like sweat sucks on the other side. No, in fact, he's, he's, like he's been it. more productive than Young, probably because more attention is paid to Young. But you get the point. Oh, I like Montez Sweat a lot. I like Washington's defense a lot. I've said before, as a football fan, when you watch Washington, you're not bored because their defense is really, really fun. Bostic is a great player. They got good players on that side of the ball. And I think it's a great story. I don't hate Washington. I'm loving that they changed their name. I like that Ron Rivera's beating cancer. Alex Smith is the story of the year as the comeback player. Uh, listen, it's a good story. I, I got no problem with Washington. It's a shame they just got to go the hell home. That's the way this is going to have to work. Next year could be a nice story, too. We'll see you then. Uh, for now, let's take care of business. Scuttlebox continues in a moment. Just checking my microphone once as I test your audio. Increase the bass response, hoping the speakers blow. I got no time to sit and flip it, pop up. Turn up your stereo Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. short break between segments and I'm reading a Charlotte Observer story in which the headline reads, Ron Rivera, can you please win the playoff game and wipe that smirk off Tom Brady's face? (laughs) I would hope that's a column and not a news story. That is a column. Yes, yes. Um, he's, He's basically saying, look, you know, here's the deal. We get it. But my man already has six Super Bowl rings. 
most for any quarterback in NFL history. He also was really good this year at the age of 43. He always comes out smelling like a rose, even when he makes mistakes. Please, somebody end this long nightmare we have of watching this guy. I mean, for Christ's sake, he has a supermodel wife and his own method, quote-unquote, for training and a diet that includes questionable assertions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't disagree with most of that. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with it. Um, But his arm is live, pal, so take that. That's the problem. Uh, His arm looks great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Brady may well be the best quarterback ever, but I'm just tired of him. He's played superbly, has a fine supporting cast. Going to be hard for Washington to pull the upset, but please, at least he's honest about the situation. You know, I mean, in that sense, he's just admitting he's tired. Hey, listen, if you're looking at a likability factor going into these playoffs, how would you rank it? Who would you say is the, the most likable team in the playoffs to root for in general? Amongst fans, it wouldn't be the Bucks. Certainly, wouldn't be the Bucks. No, um, it's not the Saints. It's not the Bucks. Um, are you looking for like plucky underdog or just like straight likability? I think the answer is Buffalo. I think it's Buffalo or Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with Baltimore? Harbaugh is okay. I mean, you know, I get annoyed with him occasionally. Um, it's a story about a team that, you know, uh, peaked early, got humbled a little bit last year in the playoffs, they did, and they, they respond, did. and they have a chance to to right the wrong against Tennessee and, and set the stage. Because it, it ain't the Browns. You don't like Baker. He's not, mean, not a likable cat. I think I'm indifferent about Baker to some extent. I, like, there are things I don't like about him. There are things I like about him. If the Browns are likable, it's because of the status of the franchise, yeah, not the because fans, of Baker right. Mayfield. Well, it's not the Saints. It's not, not the, the Steelers. Bears, it's not the Steelers. It's not the Rams. It's not the Seahawks. It's not Tampa Bay. It's not L.A. Well, Washington, I would argue, would probably actually be the answer. I, the vast majority of the country will be rooting for Washington over Tampa Bay. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's just real feel good stories there, as we've documented on today's show. Uh, I, for me, if I'm doing this, it's Buffalo. I like Buffalo's fans immensely, and they've been through hell. That franchise almost moved to Canada. I mean, this is a group that, yeah, you know, they take it too far, Buffalo Mafia, all that. Although, just got done reading a lengthy piece that that fan base donates tons of money to charity. They raise a ton of money, more than most. Mm-hmm. So, look, they're good, they're good fans, a little over the top, but I like a little over the top occasionally. Well, who was it that they needed a Week 17 crazy result? Andy Dalton. Okay, so it was his charity yeah, that they, they donated. They sent off all yeah. kinds of money to him, yeah. No, that, so there you go. I mean, I would, Buffalo's, they're 13-3, and three and their starting quarterback we thought was kind of, eh, I don't know, going the wrong way, and then this year happens, and they have been electrifying, plus the uniforms are kick-ass. Oh, they are. I think it's Buffalo. Okay. I'd go with Baltimore. It'll never be Tennessee. I just can't stand Tennessee. Something about them. I don't have a problem with Tennessee. I've always had a problem with Tennessee. Really? Jeff Fisher was annoying. Well, The, the two colors of blue, pick one. Just pick one. You have two awesome colors. Navy and powder blue are awesome. Pick one. I do like their uniform most most of the time, right? It looks now. like hockey uniforms right Man, now. That uniform is tight. What's wrong with you? Okay, now that's, that's a good. No, their home uniform. one has the striping and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a I good the, looking uniform right there. The helmet's better than it was when it was just the white helmet with the circle. It's I like Derrick Henry too much to dislike Tennessee. Okay. 
Now that's a different thing. I, I love <laughs> Derrick Henry. I can like that's the game. If you just took the uh, the mm-hmm. bias and all the stuff about teams you hate, teams you love, guy I want to see or game I want to see the physicality of Tennessee and Baltimore and watching Derrick Henry perform. You never know when it's going to end for a running back. He's done 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. He feels like a guy, I said it yesterday, he's going to do it again. He looks indestructible, and I know that's a fallacy. It doesn't matter what kind of Greek god somebody looks like, see Cam Newton. Eventually, the hits wear you down, and you begin to look a shell of yourself. And with running backs, to your point, when it happens, it happens quick. They go from being dynamic to, oh, no, it's gone, just like that. And when it's gone, it's gone. It doesn't come back. The tread's off the tire. So I'm with you. Enjoy it while you can. Um, I think that uh, the vote would be Buffalo. I don't have a problem with Baltimore. I'm largely just indifferent about Baltimore. I sometimes forget they're in the league. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just like the attitude and that they're different. I like that they're different too. I, I don't have any problem with that. I think the league needs more of that. You want? I've been championing this for a long well, time. I wanted to see different styles of play enter the NFL the way it does in college. Well, that's the crappy thing is one of those two teams has to go home and they're both different yeah, because yeah, even though yeah. Derrick Henry's a throwback, that well he's a throwback for a reason because everybody's throwing, mm-hmm. and and you can use him and feature him. So well, that's also why I like their coaching staff. Now I agree with you about Jeff Fisher, but they're they're well coached across the board. One of the reasons yeah. that they're that they buy into something and they play to it. I love that. Be who you are. Okay, so parlay it into the Bucks. given that it's uh, no pun intended with parlay. But Ronald Jones, how much do you think that the, the Bucks use Ronald Jones, and do you run right at the issue? I know what we're talking about with play action and usage yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of the you, weapons. You run at Chase. But typically when a front four pins their ears back like this would, oh, you would run right at him. I mean, yeah. that's what everybody did to the Bucks when well, we had the front four that we had for all those years. We're 28th in the league in, in running the football. I don't think we'll be successful running right at them. Doesn't mean I wouldn't do it. I try to get him going side to side and get him tired too, but you know I, you're going to have to do it to slow down the pass rush. You are going to have to throw on first down, however. You, you know there's ways to run the ball without running the ball on first down. Throw the ball to set up the run. But then, okay, I agree with that. But then also usage, running back usage, snap count. What's the ratio? Yeah, well, the problem here is you, you know you and I have talked about this before. Fournette's kind of better suited for this game because he can catch. And Ronald Jones cannot. And if we're getting the ball out of my quarterback's hand and slowing them down with screens and the like, then I'm going to need a guy that can catch the ball to the backfield. And Fournette's gotten better at that. Yes, and he's, he historically is good at it. And yes. then he had a stretch where he couldn't do it. Real and, problem in Tampa, and yeah. then it seems to have I solved it itself. Was all the suck on Ronald Jones' hands rubbed off onto his. But, you know, whatever it was. In terms of catching. Yes. Yeah, right, that's what I mean, yes. I mean, and, and that's an aspect of what I need my running back to be able to do, especially with Tom Brady, and, you know, he couldn't do it. Ronald Jones hurts himself every chance he gets to kind of take over the role and be a dominant player and be that running back, then he does something to piss you off, like not catch the ball five times in the same game. You know, it's unreal when that happens. I I like Ronald Jones like you do, just in pure running style more Mm. than I like Fournette. Tough as hell. He's tough, but he's not overly dynamic. He doesn't run away from people, and he can't catch the ball. All right, so over (laughs) under three and a half times in this game because you notice it. A lot lately, especially with the way this offensive line is blocking. Minnesota can't rush the passer, Detroit, whatever. But over under three and a half times this game, we go, God, dog, Brady's got forever. He's got forever to throw. I don't think he's going to have forever to throw. I think it's going to be a problem. I think that we're going to have to play the quick game early. I think in the second half, you'll begin to say that. 
Okay, well, let me posit this real quick, though. What if this offensive line is just that good, especially oh. with Gronk helping off the left side? Well, then we start having a different conversation, don't we? And you got to get through this game, and then the sledding gets much tougher. There are two teams in our way that we would be underdogs against without question, and that is Green Bay, despite slaughtering them earlier in the year, and, of course, New Orleans, which just owns us right now. So, you know, get through this game and then begin to talk about it. But it is true that we got everything we wanted down the stretch, which was – I used my analogy with baseball. I'll bring it up again. I don't care if the guy on the mound has an ERA over 9. If I'm in the middle of an 0-for-20 slump and I go 4-for-4 four four against him, I feel better the next time I get in the box against any other pitcher. It doesn't matter. We said, all right, listen, I got it. Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, this is an easy ride to the end of the season. But do you do your business? Do you go to work? Do you put in? Do you put up the numbers? Do you feel good about where you're at? Well, there is an overwhelming sense of they are all on the same page. They've identified who they are, not only because of the point totals and the numbers, but because of the way they went about their business, throwing the ball on first down, utilizing more play action, as we talked about earlier in the show. Everybody's on the same page. Brady and Evans became a little bit more uh, simpatico. All of that was there. Yeah, this is. I think this is where the cliches come to life more than ever, and they're real. Because Brady is making all of the throws right now. All of them. All of them. Intermediate, deep, outside the numbers, Touch, inside the hash marks. Ball, doesn't matter. Correct. Trajectories, placement. Think about the two close calls in the end zone for Godwin and Scotty Miller, respectively. Those yeah. are perfect passes. Oh, Because he, there's no danger in that pass. There's no, Nothing could go wrong. Only You can only score in those situations. How many Bucks fans have spent, you know, I don't know, countless minutes in the last four games texting their friends about that throw? I, that's what we all we've done. Hell of a did, throw. Did you just see that throw? Holy moly, that throw. You know, it's like. For you and me, that would be blank on the table throw. Yeah, I mean. Other people would be nice throw. Nice. There's been a lot of that. There's a lot of. De- in Tampa, I'm sure there's worse than what we way, said. Way, way worse than what we said. Yes. But then also, here's the other cliche is the belief in Brady in that huddle. You think, I mean, all oh, these guys who are first timers yeah, who are yeah, playing yeah, in the playoffs, you think yeah. Godwin has any doubt in his mind? He doesn't have to worry about it. The burden is on 12, and 12 eats that for lunch. It's a good point, Tom. I'm glad you made this point at the end of the show here because we are underestimating because we're so caught up with the physical and the mental. Everything that's happened with Tom Brady down the stretch and through this season proved his worth to us this year, right? We got him in and we went, okay, he still got it. All right, there was a fear he didn't. He looked awfully old and tired and cold and beaten up at the end of last year in New England. The version we got is the guy from five years ago that is lively, engaged, smart, just one of the best five quarterbacks in the league. All right, but he's also won six Super Bowls and been to nine there's nothing he's going to see on Saturday night that is going to shake him. He was down 28-3 to in a Super Bowl with not a lot of time left. <laughs> this is And it wasn't his Randy Moss team either. No, I mean, so that guy can't be shook. That's probably the greatest asset he has going into these games. And he'll exude that in the huddle for all the players that are going to be nervous in their first ever playoff game. And for these Bucks, that's most of them. Well, and that uh, also, I don't know that we've talked about it this much on, on the scuttle, but you and I have and, and my friends have, but Brady is also worth 7 to 15 yards worth of calls a game. Oh, man. Yeah, the Brady call is there. It's real. It's always there. And now it's Tampa's time to experience what that looks I mean, really. You're going to let Ron Rivera and Alex Smith's team get the call if it's a 50-50 situation over Brady's team? Likeable dudes. I didn't believe it. Well, no, I'm just saying about the reality of it. Right, I agree right. with you. They're likeable. Yeah. 
But I didn't believe in that all that much. And then until you saw I it from watched, your own eyes. Well, I yeah. watched every play this year. Yeah, me too. And, and once a game, minimum, where you go, oh boy, that's uh, that okay. Seems, that seems a little shaky, but, but I'll a PI take it. there. It looks like Antonio <laughs> dropped to his knees willingly. Uh, uh, but you're going to call a little a tug on the jersey. Okay. I'll take that. I see what 12 brings yeah. beyond the obvious. Well, listen, and before people get too angry about that, and nobody listening to this show will. But, I, I mean, if you are old enough, and I am at 49, to remember the entirety of Michael Jordan's career, I mean, come on now. Right. Not only was Mike special, Mike could do whatever the hell he wanted to do, like take nine steps on the baseline, didn't make a damn bit push off for a game-winning shot against oh. Utah, whatever it was. So right? that clear charge is going to be Oakley's fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Guess we need to sit him for the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, oh, I these, that. these were the things that occurred, right? I mean, and Jerry Rice got every interference call that you could ever want. Well, this is what happens with legends. That's that's true. We just happen to have one working for us currently. Hey, though, anybody in the league could have signed him, guys. Anybody in the league could have had him for just twenty-five million That's a year, it. which is a bargain. Which is the same money the Colts are paying Philip Rivers, who's looked not quite like Tom Brady. I feel like, even though this uh, this gets me excited talking about all these elements of the game, there are three games on the slate this weekend that feel very much like playoff games, and there are three that don't. And the Bucks one doesn't because you're playing a, a, a seven and nine division winner. Mm. Now, of course, we we embrace that we're playing in a game. That counts for getting to the divisional round of the playoffs. But I feel like Buffalo Indy, that that's a playoff game. Rams, Seahawks, ugh, that feels like a week 14. Well, I hate watching kick. those two teams play. They've split the last two years, and when you watch them play, it's the same damn thing every time. It's just, I hate that game. Tennessee, Buffalo, absolutely feels like a playoff game. game. Uh, Bears and Saints, week 14, 425 kickoff, ugh, nothing. And then Pittsburgh and Cleveland, yes. You meant, Even ten- though Cleveland- you meant Tennessee Ravens. Sorry. What did I do again? You said Tennessee Buffalo. That okay. would be Tennessee, a great matchup. Yeah. That would be a good matchup. It might be. Maybe <laughs> it might be. Maybe yeah. it's yeah. I came from the future. Yeah. Bills Colts, Tennessee Ravens. Tennessee Ravens which is feels a great game. very much that's my favorite game of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, Saints and Bears, no. That's a dud. But then even though Cleveland hasn't been in the playoffs since 2002 or whatever it is, I that very see much Steelers. feels like a playoff. Oh, game. Steelers Browns, yes, yes, absolutely it does. Uh, you know, that's interesting. Bills Colts, yes. Steelers Browns, yes. Titans Ravens, yes. Saints Bears, no. no. Seahawks Rams, nah. No. Washington Bucks, nah. If you got to do something over the weekend, Seahawks Rams is your time or Saints and Bears is your time to go do that thing. Or take a nap. Replenish. <laughs> get yourself. Oh, that's get a pregame some, nap. Get you some water. Gets you something going here for the uh, for the evening affair. Well, yeah. shameless promotion here for Tallahassee, but 6 o'clock on Saturday, Scuttlebucks, what you're listening to right now is going to mm. air up here. It's going to uh, be awesome. And then, of course, we're going to have the Bucks Radio Network on at 7. Boom. I'm going to have my radio on on Saturday. Legit. Here, here we go. All right, Bucks fans, enjoy Tampa Bay in the playoffs, primetime, Hall of Fame quarterback on the road looking to capture a playoff victory. You are believing that the victory is coming? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bucks. Tom. Is the cover coming? Ten points. Mm, oh, we're getting into that. Uh, ten. Ten, huh? I think it's down to eight, wasn't it? It's back up to nine. You got ten now? Put it nine and a half then, just for argument's sake. Well, if it's nine and a half, I'll take the Bucks to cover. If it's ten or more, I'm not touching it. So you think ten's the number? I think ten's the number. I think the Bucks win something like, I don't know, 27-17. For giggles. Buccane- way, I like that score prediction. Just, just so you know, twenty-seven, seventeen for Remember. giggles. Mm-hmm. Bucks minus thirteen and a half. I'll take the bucks. Well, you're looking for a blowout here, and I love that about you, Tom. You can take it, tall boy on the line. Let's get it done. I like it. 
Bucks fans, enjoy. There is another edition of the Scuttlebucks forthcoming, win or lose. But in all likelihood, and let's hold on to the dream, we're celebrating a playoff victory next time this week. And you can live the dream right now by heading to BillCurryFord.com, <laughs> calling up Sean Sullivan and hey, saying, hey, Sean. where's my Scuttlebucks discount? For Tom Lang, I'm Jeff Cameron. Be well. Go Bucks! Yeah.